Yeah. Man to man. So much more. We've been in the series Paint the Town. I'm Chris Chima, by the way. Youth pastor, kids pastor, help with young adults, helping launch a leadership school. Whatever Pastor Dwayne and the church needs, I'm here. Whatever you need. I'll hold the babies, kiss the babies. <laughs> Make a baby. <laughs> Got one coming. But uh, this, is, this is our last, our last uh, shindig of Paint the Town. We had faith, hope, love, and so much more. And so today we're talking about there's so much more to what Jesus has for us and how he's colored our worlds and how we infect the town. Uh, to start off, we've, ha- we've had a few outreaches. Uh, anybody join our outreaches the last couple weeks? Woo! It's been so good. We went around to the businesses, gave them a card. Anybody signed those cards? And we just blessed them and said, we love you. Thanks for being here. We also uh, cleaned the streets. That was awesome. And we just released words and blessings upon the homes that we walked by. Uh, the people that we uh, met as we were going, this lady was gardening and people were just loving on her. It was just great. And then last week we went to the Nativity House and the Tacoma Rescue Mission. We got to feed and bless and give toothpaste and give them Jesus. And it was amazing. So here's a few testimonies of what Jesus did. So I got Angie. Angie, I don't know how to say your last name. Is it, I mean, is it Spanish? Is it something special? It's just Houston's. Looks like Houston's. Okay, Houston's. Angie, Angie, go ahead and wave real quick to everybody. There she is in the dark, yep. So, uh, my, my husband and I served with the church on Sunday at the Tacoma Rescue Mission, and we both really enjoyed the day. It was such a pleasure being able to give to these men who have nothing. We gave our time, our hearts, our hands, and our prayers. There was one man who was standing looking amazed, a little confused, but smiling. I asked him if he wanted prayer, and he smiled and said, Okay, I guess. I mean, I won't ever turn down a prayer. So my husband prayed over him. We prayed safety um, as he had been traveling all over the place from Colorado to Seattle, not knowing what's next. Later, he came to my husband and thanked him for his prayers and said, uh, It really hit his heart. How many of you know just, just blessing somebody with the words, the testimony of Jesus, it touches people. There's just something, something that happens. Like early this morning, I, I was up like super early, and as I was eating my breakfast, I saw a little Facebook post by my mom, some like Brit, Britain's Got Talent or something, I don't know. And uh, anybody cried during Britain's Got Talent or America's Got Talent? Yeah, okay. And I haven't really before except this one time. And I, I was watching this, and there was this big, giant choir. Maybe you already saw this. Uh, they're called 100-something with something that deals with heaven and Jesus, something really cool. And they just started singing, and then all of a sudden, the crowd went nuts, and they were singing <laughs> this little light of mine in a really upbeat way. And the judges were just stunned. And one thing the judge said, uh, she said, this is what heaven is like. And it, that just, I was just like, oh my gosh. And as I was eating my oatmeal and eggs, I was crying. And I was like, you see, people recognize the reality of heaven. People recognize the atmosphere of God and of Jesus and what is released through him and through us. People recognize it when it happens. There's like this desire and hunger. And so when we're praying over people, they recognize it. Like, wait, this is it. This is it. This is what it's like. Kevin Higginbottom, you're in the house. Give me a shout if you're in the house. Okay, well, he's here somewhere, anywhere. Uh, he went to the Tacoma Mission. He said it was powerful, um, and they received some clues to treasure hunting. Anybody been treasure hunting before? You spend a few minutes in prayer, or the Lord just speaks to you, gives you a color or, or a certain, certain uh, thing somebody's holding. It's just kind of a hit and clue to look for somebody or something to pray and bless. 
And he said he had the privilege to pray over several individuals for employment, living situations, and they were very receptive. It's huge when people are receptive to receiving life in prayers. And you know what's cool about asking people for prayers? You don't have to ask them, right? You just say, I'm going to pray for you, right? I got uh, Lane and Sophia Lipinski, our two little mighty warriors, our two little natural kids. I was, I was with them as we were cleaning the streets, and they were writing about this story uh, as we were walking back to the church. Uh, there was a man doing some work on a house, and we went up to him and just said, hey, uh, we just want to let you know, you know, Jesus loves you. Can, you know, and this time we asked, let's pray for you. Can we pray for you? He's like, yeah, yeah I guess. And uh, we were asking, uh, do you, I mean, anything on your body, anything you need specifically from the Lord? And he was talking about, I don't remember which hand, I want to say right, we'll say right. His right hand, he got shot when he was younger and a bullet wound straight through his hand. And so he doesn't have much feeling. And so Lane and Sophia laid their hands on him and just prayed for feeling to come back. And then he picked up a rock, tossed it up and caught it. He says, feels better. Isn't that awesome? So our, our young kiddos, our young kiddos showing Jesus to people through healing bodies. Uh, we have Nina. Nina, you in the house? There she is, yep, all right. So Nina, uh, she, great surprise, many received the word by um, the pastor singing. Uh, so there's pastors singing songs, playing the guitar, just releasing an atmosphere um, of, of just peace. And she was, as she was feeding and praying for some of the um, people in need there, uh, she felt a brokenness within her to relate to the people. Uh, she personally um, came from those situations that the Lord has brought her up into um, his purpose, and she's just on fire. She's just getting rocked. And so she just wanted to take people. She wants to take people where she is now, which is awesome. And uh, she just was just jacked to release heaven. That's so great. Jacked to release heaven. I love it. Another one, Craig Lipinski, he and I were walking together. We had some youth as we were cleaning the streets, walking around, and uh, we just went up to them, started talking to them, came to be that they've had Jesus in their heart. You know what breaks my heart is when people have Jesus and know Jesus, but their life almost doesn't seem different. They know that Jesus exists, and I got some crazy, crazy statistics I'll read to you. They know Jesus exists, they know they, they have him, but they don't know him. You know, it's like us sitting around each other, but some of us don't know each other, but we know you're like here, but you know, I don't know anything about you. And um, so I got a word for one of the kids and Craig got a word for one of the kids and they were just kind of blown away. And Craig was saying how this kid just received peace. And I think it was something about his family and, and loneliness. And he just got rocked and super encouraged. You know, there's this boldness out of this paint the town thing that we get to rise up in, this boldness. I remember I'm just now anywhere I am, I just feel this evangelistic desire, this desire to be Jesus outside of the church, off of the stage, wherever. You know what I mean? Can we be Jesus outside of this place? Yeah. We had, we had a lot of other crazy testimonies, um, but I think supposedly I'm supposed to share a little bit from the Bible, so we're going to do that because it's the word of God and it's good. Um, Father, we just love you. God, thank you so much for bringing us into your house, God, this tabernacle of David, this place where you are present, you are here, God, you are real. Thank you for healing bodies. Thank you for defeating cancer. Thank you for getting rid of side effects from chemo, Father. God, thank you for restoring hearing loss. Thank you for doing what you do, Jesus. Thank you for restoring hearts. 
as I was driving on the way here, um, I heard, I just, the Lord, I heard the Lord tell me that he wants to strike you with lightning this morning. And uh, so I'm here, I'm here to be pretty much a lightning bolt and for him to strike. And then you're all lightning bolts and like all this boltish action going on. So, so Jesus, the chairs are pretty cushy, but uh, Jesus wants to, he wants to lightning bolt you. He wants to electrocute you. He wants to awaken you. He wants to revive you. You know, there's so much more to Jesus. Faith, hope, love. We're talking about this tale, Henry, third Marquis of Waterford, and his fox hunting friends, a known mischief maker, right? This is, what is this, 18, something rather, 37, April 6. And we have them, they're drunk out of their minds, completely intoxicated, stumbling, mumbling. They go, they go to the toll gate. They got the toll gate keeper there to collect the fees. They didn't want to pay him money because they were so intoxicated, right? And the gate was being remodeled. So they see this bucket. They see these brushes. There's just one color, red. And so they decided to grab those things and paint the gate. And they also attacked the man, painting him in red and just completely lathering him in red. And then they bust through the gate and they go all over the city, painting the doors, painting the walls, painting the statues, all this craziness. They caused the ruckus. You know, and Jesus commissions us, right? Matthew 28. He commissions us to go make disciples, right? In all nations. It's not a bad idea to start in Fife. Not a bad idea, which is why we go out together. It's not a bad idea to start at your workplace. For, it's not a bad idea to disciple your kids, your wife, Grandpa George that lives with you. It's not a bad idea. Jesus says, go and baptize them. Make disciples and baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And so I pray this morning, these few minutes we have, that there would be a fresh baptism. You know, in Acts 2, we see there's a day of Pentecost baptism happened. There was this baptism of the Holy Spirit got released. But if you look through Acts, there was a constant baptism. They continually got baptized. And so I want to continually be baptized. I want to be baptized today. Holy Spirit, baptize us. Revive us. Awaken us. Don't you guys love Pastor Dwayne and Joel Wolf, Mama and Dada of the house. Appreciate them. We'll never stop recognizing them as they've recognized me and you. It's a place of recognition. All right, if you got your Bible, open up to Luke 7. I'm going to make it there sometime, all right? I have a confession. I can never stop preparing to share Jesus. I don't know if Pastor Dwayne or anybody else has felt this when you're going to share the word, preach, I have this issue, I can never, there's, there's no way to stop it. Well, there we go, got it done. There's no way to stop preparing. There's so much more to Jesus. And I was realizing this, my goodness. I, I, maybe I somewhat can comprehend Jesus in one way, but then there's another way and I don't even understand. And then all of a sudden he's doing all these things and I don't even know where that is. And you know what's cool? There's this cool verse in the Bible as you're in Luke 7. You can put your finger in it or whatever and wait. Uh, I love it. There's a verse in Psalms that says, God does what he pleases. 
And I've heard it's probably the best theology you could ever have. Because God does what he pleases. He does what he pleases. He could show up. He's so unexpecting. Jesus is so unexpecting in so many different ways. Jesus actually came in an unexpected way. He came in an unexpected way. We're going to leave you with something today. I want to invite the ushers up. We're going to pass down some paintbrushes. Some paintbrushes. I want you to take one. I want you to keep it because we're not ending a season or something here. We're actually continuing a lifestyle. And throughout the year, we're actually going to continue doing paint the town outreaches. And so stay tuned for that. But as you take this paintbrush, you know what's cool about paintbrushes is they don't have to be used just for one color. They don't have to be used just one way. Paintbrushes, they got to be dipped in color, right? They got to be dipped and saturated in a certain color to be brushed on a wall. You know, kind of like a paintbrush, we get to be immersed. We get to be surrounded, dip ourselves, almost like we get to dip ourselves in who Jesus is. You know, that word baptize means being immersed. Brian Simmons talked about when he was here being pickled, completely soaking up. Everybody say, I commit. Everybody say, I commit to paint you, Jesus. Everybody say, color me, Jesus, with all that you are. Show yourself in a new way today. My heart, too, is today that you would experience Jesus in a new way. So for, the, for those who are new to Jesus, maybe it's your first time hearing about Jesus, you could experience him in a new way, obviously. Now, those who have grown up and re- been raised in the church, you got it down. I know Jesus. Whatever they say up there, I already know it. I'm just here for worship, and I'm out. I already know that stuff, right? There's so much more to Jesus than we realize. It's like my wife, we've been married for three years. For me to be like, I already know you, so I don't need to like, spend more time with you because I already know you, okay? That's not how it rolls. That's when you get beat and smacked, right? You know, I believe, uh, I believe boring Christianity is also over, at least for us. Boring Christianity is so over. It's so boring, right? Lightning, lightning bolts being struck right now. There's so much more to Jesus. You got Luke 7? Almost there. Hey, a Barna Group Research 2015. They did uh, five popular American perceptions of Jesus. First question, was Jesus a real person? 92% of adults said yes. You'll notice a theme of millennials in my generation. 87% of millennials said yes, lower than the average adult. But a vast majority believe Jesus was a real person. Second question, was Jesus God? 56% of adults said yes. 48% of millennials said yes. So we got almost half of the adults, they thought he was either just a religious or spiritual leader, or they weren't sure. And we have over half of millennials not sure, or just think he was just some spiritual religious leader, not knowing if he was actually God.
Third question, was Jesus sinless? 52% said yes. 46% said no, he committed sins. He wasn't perfect. 56% of millennials believe that Jesus was not perfect. Fourth question, have you made a commitment to Jesus? 62% of adults said yes. 46% of millennials said yes. So more than half have not. And here's an interesting one. Last question. Jesus or good deeds to get to heaven? Which one? So those who reported they had a personal commitment to Jesus, 62% said they will go to heaven. 56% of millennials who had a personal relationship with Jesus said they will go to heaven. A couple percent said they won't go to heaven even though they know Jesus and have him. And almost pretty much half aren't sure. I'm wondering why people know Jesus, but they don't know Jesus. This reporter, Kinnaman, said, Many of the institutional, cultural, and familial tendons that connect young adults to life in Christ are stretching. Much has been made about whether millennials will get more serious about church and faith as they age, but the fact is younger Americans are not as connected as older generations to Christ. Jesus is a friend of sinners, but many millennials are unfriending him at a time when their lives are being shaped and their trajectories set toward the future. Man, Jesus. Jesus, the young ones, the babies in here. You know, it's our responsibility to show the young ones that Jesus is a real person and that you get to know him and you get to encounter him. You actually, there's something about Jesus that woos you and draws you. I almost, I found myself now, like when I'm in worship, it's like Jesus is so new and fresh to me. I just love being with him. It's not like, oh my gosh, I, I do this every week and sometimes every day. That's not knowing Jesus. That's knowing Jesus, but not knowing Jesus. Luke 7, 36, there we go, you've been waiting. Your thumb is stressed out. Verse 36, we have Pharisees inviting Jesus to dine with him, okay? We got a Pharisee saying, hey, come dine with me. Let's recline at the table. It's what they do. Let's eat some food. Verse 37, there was a woman in the city who was a sinner, and when she learned that he was reclining at the table in the Pharisee's house, she brought an alabaster vial of perfume. And standing behind him at his feet, weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears. And kept wiping them with the hair of her head and kissing his feet and anointing them with the perfume. Now when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, If this man were a prophet, he would know who and what sort of person this woman is and who is touching him, that she is a sinner. We got the religious leaders, the pastors, the ones of the day that know God. They know God. Reverent. Pious, holy, they know. And yet we have them saying, questioning Jesus, Jesus' ability to hear God, to be a prophet. If this man was a prophet, if this guy who claims he's the son of God can hear, he would know this lady is nasty and she's touching him. There's so much more to Jesus than they realize. There's so much more to Jesus than we realize. Jesus answered the Pharisee, Simon, hey, I have something to say to you. And he replied, say it, teacher. 
A moneylender had two debtors. One owed 500 denarii and the other 50. When they were unable to repay, he graciously forgave them both. So which of them will love him more? Simon answered and said, I suppose the one whom he forgave more. And he said to him, you have judged correctly. Turning toward the woman, he said to Simon, you see this woman? I entered your house. You gave me no water for my feet. but She's wet my feet and wiped it with her hair. You gave me no kiss, but she, since the time I came in, has not ceased to kiss my feet. You did not anoint my head with oil, but she anointed my feet with perfume. Costly perfume. Years worth of wages. She poured out every single thing she had. Verse 47, for this reason I say to you, her sins which are many have been forgiven. For she loved much, but he who is forgiven little loves little. Then he said to her, your sins have been forgiven. Those who were reclining at the table with him began to say to themselves, get this right here. Everybody around Jesus said this, who is this man who even forgives sins? And he said to the woman, your faith has saved you, go in peace. You know what's crazy? Throughout scripture, we have people, and even the Pharisees and the Sadducees, the religious leaders, wondering, who is he? You got the disciples in the boat, right? Freaking out the storm. Jesus comes to the storm. Who is this man? You have the followers of Jesus, the ones who are so close. And when Jesus does something they don't expect, they're like, who is he? Who is he? They've been around him. It's so easy to be around Jesus and not know him. We're meant to know him. We're not, we're not meant to just sit here too and listen to this dude spend some time praying with Jesus and getting in the word because that's his job. You're meant to know Jesus for you. You're meant to know him. You're meant to have a relationship with him. You can't rely on my relationship. You can't. It's like saying, hey, I really want to know your wife, so I'm just going to spend time with you and then I'll know her. That's weird. I don't want all her girlfriends to do that. That's weird, Right? Where are all your friends' friends around you? Well, they want to know her, so they're just hanging out with me because I know her. <laughs> what? You get a relationship with Jesus. And we stop at that. Well, I have a relationship with Jesus. When is the last time you've heard his voice? When is the last time he's heard your voice? Ooh. Matthew 28, oh, that's the verse, I don't know, somewhere in Matthew. Jesus cast out demons and put them in the pigs, and the town said, would you please leave? They heard about Jesus, they saw what he did, they didn't know what to do with him. Jesus can be so unexpected. Even right now, we can sit here, oh my gosh, I know the Bible, I know all this stuff, I've heard it. Just open up your heart right now, open up your mind, let yourself discover Jesus in a new way. Continually, I get to discover Brianna in a new way. I get to find out more of who she is, more of why she loves Taylor Swift. I get to find out more and more of why she loves cats, and I limit it to two. More and more of why my Starbucks gift cards end up being zero before I use it. You get to learn more and more. Luke eleven fourteen, Jesus casts out demons again. And people accuse them, you're casting out demons? You got demons! Because 
you, you told demons to leave. But what you don't find too in the verse before they say that, Jesus is talking about the Father has given us the Holy Spirit, the gift. That's the one who empowered him to cast out demons. That's the one who empowers us to have the power of God. You know, you can hear, but you cannot hear. Right now you can sit here and hear, but not hear. That's why Jesus kept saying, those who have ears, listen. Everybody's like, we all do, <laughs> right? <laughs> it's funny, we all hear that, but now it's funny, right? You got Jesus with Peter, John 21. Peter, do you love me? Yeah. No, Peter, do you love me? Yeah. Peter, do you love me? Yes. He keeps asking, do you love me? Jesus is so unexpected. He does the craziest things. You know, we can't keep Jesus in a box. Like, we can't be in here, and if we see all of a sudden somebody's experiencing Jesus in a new way, whatever's going on, something's happening with somebody, they're sensing him in a new way, or they're getting healing, or, or words are being released. First off, we can't judge that person. And first off, why am I focusing on that person as we're worshiping? We've got to own our relationship with Jesus. There's so much to him. There's so much we get to know about him. Moms, dads, please, I beg you, please. Be so close and intimate with Jesus. Have such a close relationship with him. You know what's crazy? In times of prayer now, whatever my baby's name is, baby Chima. It's my last name. Times of prayer. I just, I hear the Lord speak to me about the baby. He's been telling me who the baby's to become, the destiny, prophetic destiny on the baby, all these things. I'm like, man, you make my job so easy. Now I could raise him knowing who he is. It's important for us, parents, please. It's important for us to know who we are. And continually, we have to be reminded. That's why I spend time with Jesus, not just once a week. Did you know, let's say, okay, we're here for an hour and a half once a week on a Sunday, right? Maybe 30 minutes, you get like your own you and Jesus time. Maybe 20 to 30 minutes in like worship or whatever, and we're doing our thing, you know, the lights and the music. You get your own Jesus time. And so maybe a few of those minutes, if we just work with those 30 minutes, there's about 10,080 minutes in a week, something like that. And so 30 minutes, you're looking at less than a percent, 0.002% of your time with Jesus. Is that what we're supposed to live off of? Less than a percent of hearing God? My, my job here is to, this morning, like to, to revive, awaken us, to spend time with him, to be with him. Don't, let, don't just let this be your fill. We come together to do this, to provoke each other, to, draw, to, to just tell each other to check out Jesus. He's so good looking. He's, man, he's amazing. We draw, and we're so crazy about him. You got Jesus. Remember when the story of Jesus, he's turning the tables over and they're like selling things and pretty much they're making money off of people coming to the church and the temple and Jesus going crazy. People didn't expect that. Prince of Peace. Right? That's the Prince of Peace? But you know what he said? I have a zeal for the house of the Lord. Oh, man, when we're zealous, when we got a zeal for something, we're crazy. See, there's so much more to Jesus. There's so much more to him. That's why we come here and we find out more. And that's why daily we'll spend time with him because we want to know more about him. 
A, re- a relationship, the level of your relationship with someone is really based upon how much you want to get to know them. And if you want to get them to know them more, you will spend time with them. And you will find out what they like. And then you'll go take them doing what they're like because you want to know them more because you know they like that. And you want to find out more of what they like. You know, it's crazy. Mark 133 is one of many examples where it said after Jesus casted out demons, healed the lepers, healed people, blind people, the lame walked. Mark 133, it says, the whole town gathered at the door. Where's the town? Where's Fife? You see, when Jesus is presented and all that he can be, when Jesus is exemplified in us, oh, people want it. They want it so bad. You're meant to be someone, to be Jesus where you're at, and people will come and gather because they want to know. You are desired. Man, when I was in pre-service prayer this morning, 9 to 9.30, because you want to know Jesus, when I, when I was here praying with him, he was just, he was just telling me, oh, I just love being with you. I love being with you. And he just kept assuring me and telling me, just being with you, that's what it's all about for me. Man, when somebody hears that from, a, from God, oh man, that wrecks you. That's why Jesus, okay, Jesus said, we'll do greater things than he did. How many of you are first trying to do just what he did? You're like, uh, uh, okay. Still trying to tell the dead, come on, baby, let's go. Seasonal allergies, I'm just trying to still kick those. Once I kick the seasonal allergies, then let's do whatever you didn't do because I'm doing more or whatever. See, there's so much more to Jesus. I'm going to invite the band up. One band, two band, one man band, whatever it is. Hey, here's a few names of Jesus. What do you know about Jesus? The Bible says he's the chief cornerstone, the desire of the nations, the door, the firstborn over all creation, the head of the church, the holy one, image of God, judge, king of kings, lord of lords, light of the world, prince of peace, hope of the nations, son of God, son of man, word, word of God, word of life, alpha and omega, Emmanuel, heir of all things, I am, lord of all, true God, author and protector of our faith, bread of life, bridegroom, deliverer, good shepherd, high priest, lamb of God, mediator, rock, resurrection and life, savior, true vine, way, truth and life, and there's so much more. So don't tell me that we know everything about Jesus, right? There's so much more to him. We get to know so much more. I'm still trying to comprehend at least five of those words of who he is. On my way back from India, India, China, San Francisco, Seattle. So on my way, I was in China on the way to San Francisco coming back home from India. I met my buddy, Melind Namesh, from India, and uh, he visited Seattle a week or two ago, week ago, and he just messaged me, bro, I'm in the area, let's get together. I'm like, yeah, all right. <laughs> so we got together, Karina Bakery, Tacoma, good coffee, Valhalla, and we were just sitting together, and he said, I just had to spend time with you because there's, there's something different about you. He said, I felt this, like, positive stuff when I was around you. I was like, bro, it's Jesus. And then he comes to tell me about the story of how his mom grew, grew him up to understand as many single religions as possible so that he wouldn't miss it. 
And part of it was going to Easter, setting up the nativity set, and all these things in India. But he didn't know Jesus. He heard of him, but he didn't like know him. And so I was like, bro. And pretty much we were talking. He's like, so what do I do? I said, dude, give your life to him. It's time. I was like, do you want him? He said, yeah. So I prayed with him in that coffee shop after we were all caffeinated. And he gave his life to Jesus. And, and after we prayed, it was something simple. I wasn't standing on the chairs. All right, everybody. We got a new convert, right? I was just sitting with him. And, he, and then all of a sudden I look at him. He's like, whoa. I don't know what just happened, but I feel different. I was like, yeah, you could just stay different. He's like, so what do I do now? Are there certain times of day I'm supposed to be like praying stuff? How does this work? And so I was instructing him on what to do, getting planted in church, getting a Bible. You see, people are hungry to know Jesus. And it's important for us as lovers of Jesus to not just think we already know everything about him and to not allow ourselves to just be boring to be bored with church you know if I'm not spending time with Jesus I'm telling the world he's boring if I'm not knowing him if I'm not in his word and excited about it I'm telling the world the Bible's boring church is boring if I can't wait to get done with my work week since I'm here full time I'm saying being a pastor is boring Jesus, I just let you woo us right now. I want, I want you to spend a few minutes, you and Jesus. You haven't been spending time with him, now's your moment. You have been, oh, you know, you know how good it is then, you're going to do it right now. Come on, just let Jesus woo you right now, you and Jesus right now. Jesus, would you wake us up, would you awaken your church? Revive us, not because I'm yelling really loud and sounding excited, but because you're present in this place. Jesus, you are here. I don't have to beg Jesus to be here right now because he already is. My role and responsibility is to let other people know he's present. Jesus is here right now. Go ahead and stand up with me these last few minutes.